Welcome to episode 12 of season nine of the Simplify and Multiply show. Super glad you're here. You know why? Because today I'm talking to Mia Voss. Yes, the incorrigible, the honest in your face, full of swear words. She even got me swearing on this one. So for those of you who don't like swearing, you may want to pass on this one. But it is juicy. We talk about triggers. We talk about bravery. We talk about authenticity. We talk about business. We talk about men. We talk about women. Oh my gosh, we cover everything in this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Here we are, Miss Mia Voss. Oh my gosh, you're on the Simplify and Multiply show. What is going on, my lovely lady? I'm here for all of this. Yes. We are (laughs) going to rock out this conversation. Yay! With you in my corner. Absolutely. We're just going to dive right into it. Girl, it's time to get real. Okay. We're just going to be real. So what is it? about someone being authentic? Because, you know, you hear a lot of platitudes about, oh, you have to be authentic in your presentation and how you develop your brand. And authenticity is really how you can sell things these days. But honestly, people really don't have access to what that is for themselves. So that's where I want to start. Sure. And I think even just using that fun voice, because that's exactly how it sounds of this... (laughs) <laughs> this this snobbery and and it, it supposedly has this like set definition to it in some yes. ways of authenticity. I think the first key is when you know there's some people that you're pissing off and that don't like it because when you're really going to get diving into your authenticity, that means you probably haven't been really truthful with yourself and you're trying to appeal to everyone. You don't really have a niche. And so when you really start to dive into authenticity, it's going to make some people mad. It's going to alienate some people. You may drop some numbers. And so I think that's the first key to diving into the A word, the overused, but much needed in the right context word is that you'll probably have people that are like, what's up with that? And I had to go through that quite frankly in the last year of having some downtime to look at my own brand. So I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. And it's kind of, I'm right there with you because Mm. it was the year of 2020 and self-reflection kind of forced self-reflection due to the environment that we were all dealing with regarding the pandemic. And I was like, okay, at this point in my career, what do I really want to be doing in my business? I mean, I love what I do, right? It's a very creative business. I love helping people, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Where's Terry in all this? And for 15 years, I've been really focused on surviving and making sure I can support myself, you know, and, you know, after getting laid off and losing my husband, it was like my work was all I had. 
And so there was this mentality that I was bringing from corporate that I had to behave a certain way and show up a certain way. And then it was fueled by this deep desire that had a lot of fear in it around survivability. And it kept my business small and it kept me over delivering, undercharging, especially in the early years. And because I wasn't really allowing myself to come forward and to, you know, really honor and trust that the real Terry, not that I was being fake, but I was just trying to, I was taking, yeah, I was playing small. Mm -hmm. And last year, and, and this has kind of been over the last several years, a progression leading up to it, but really the pandemic kind of, you know, gave me a (laughs) <laughs> bitch slap across the head. It's like boink. Severe. We really, <laughs> we really had some time to think about what works and what doesn't work because we couldn't do a lot of the old tropes and the whole song and dance that we used to be able to do. There was so much time, and this is where I think a lot of us got to look at the small piece. There was so much time on our hands in some ways to observe, see, and see all the different patterns again, the things that that weren't working. And, and two things that I just thought of while you're saying that, um, it reminds me of Working Girl, the mm. Working Girl. And I remember when she first shows up and meets Harrison Ford at the bar, mm-hmm. Melanie Griffith. And, and she's, and he says, I love what you're wearing. He says, you're wearing what a woman thinks you should wear. What a what not what a woman thinks a man thinks that a woman should wear. And I just, I always remember that sticking out in my head. This was yeah. in the eighties of like, talk about, because I, I was working back then. I know you were. I had the, like the big severe shoulder pads and the whole thing. And I was living <laughs> oh in New God, York City. Yeah. And, and that was the, the look that we had. And I always thought that was such a sort of a prescient kind of unique thing to say back in that time, especially of wearing what you thought you wanted to wear, not what you thought right. somebody else thought you should wear to do business. And then I also have noticed with this past year reminds me, I hearken back to 2008 and 2009 mm. when, and, and I've, I've fallen down into this low grade obsession with Bernie Madoff lately because <laughs> he passed away. And so all these, do, all these documentaries are coming up. And so it's so interesting to think back to that time of how we were all so decimated. And I know very few people that, that walked away from that time period unscathed, me included, and what I thought was cool about that time period, and I feel like this year has been the same thing, is people really dusted off the BS. It got rid of the BS. And we're like, you know what? I want to walk dogs. I want to do this. And so mm-hmm. they're same thing. They're, you could see people really starting to get quite clever, even in the face of this horrific pandemic, of, but coming up with these ideas. Yeah. So that was pretty, I, I felt like that was a similar time period. Yeah. And so, much, so many factors have come into play, um, you know, like just the, just the working from home thing, mm. you know, people actually preferring that. Like my boyfriend, Doug, he works for an amazing company mm. and he travels and he thought for sure not being able to travel was going to be a real problem. Like he was going to miss it. And, mm-hmm. and, and we were just talking the other day because now that things are opening up and it looks like he might get back on a plane He's looking forward to it because he misses his team, but he actually was really surprised at how much he enjoyed uh, working from home and not having to rush deal with the airport and the traffic and the hotels and the, oh, goodness. That's a Um, life. That's a lifestyle for sure. Yeah. It surprised him, you Mm. know, in in many regards. Um, 
and he'll go back to, you know, work in the road and everything and he'll love it and because he'll get to see his team and see his client and everything, which is super important right. to him. But it was just kind of interesting that that surprised him, you know, yeah. when he thought like he was losing something. And I've talked right. to other people who have, have really changed their attitude about doing virtual, uh, you know, conveying their, their message virtually, as well as just functioning at home, you know. Families that have kids that they had to deal with. I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's definitely exposed many of us to different environments that we wouldn't have normally chosen. And so for that, you know, a lot of us have that to thank. I think it's going to really change the face of business. But to your point about, I'm going to walk dogs now. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of that where people who have, you know, either transitioned or just use the opportunity to you know, choose a different career, or do something different. They're actually pulling on their passion instead of just going to find another job to replace the the weekly paycheck. They're actually out there doing something yeah. that's more in alignment with what they love. Right. So. It got taken away from them, just like the 2008, 2009, the, the, the crash back then. So there were all the things that we could fall back on. Um, definitely did not exist anymore. So I'm loving, and and I've really been watching too, that you know, necessity is the mother of invention. We're going to see a ton of new things that mm-hmm. are coming out of that. And on to that point about working from home. Now for me, and I think you're the same, like I've always been mobile and worked from home. So I'm like, come on in everybody. The water's <laughs> fine. I mean, even, even with my different businesses, it mainly was from this anchor part here. And I'm going to go with a, I've been telling you people this for a long time. I'm going to have a, I've been telling you because even back, I was doing Google plus way back in the day. So now this is like eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And so doing live streams and doing interviewing and holding information, holding sessions like this. And then I was in a, a, a mastermind group and they were just so insistent on, you know, just driving down to it. And I, I get the in-person thing, don't get me wrong. But at that point, I remember saying like, y'all, there's so much that we could be doing on these kind of calls, even back before Zoom was Zoom mm-hmm. or, you know, doing, unless you had to like physically hand me something, there's right. so much I could get done. And I, I love it that people are on board with that. Like you and I, we've, we've had some uh, chat session. And it's so fun. You can tell me something and I'll be typing in and like, oh yeah, I saw that. And like looking up information, it's super interactive. And I I am glad to see that the world is on board with that. I was on a a call last night with a a local candidate that I, I work for them as a volunteer. And uh, because 2022 is going to come quickly. So they're, they're already working on their candidacy, but they did say, you know, we're going to be doing some things in person, but I was so happy to see that they were also going to still consider Continue. things like this because I've yeah. gotten my eyes open to people that are differently abled, that it's a lot for them to get out of the house, even if it's anxiety mm. or um, you know, just there's a lot of different ways that people aren't have a different ability than us, that this made it so much more accessible for them to get out of the house, to get to the place. Maybe they didn't have a car. Maybe they were relying on people. So I love that that this new world has created, and I hope it sticks around so that yeah, it's not it so has to. linear. It has to. It it's has just, to. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I love I agree. it. I mean, I, Me too. I've, I've done more video and more Zoom than I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And everybody has. You know, that's nothing yeah. new. And what's said, cool... What's cool? No, what I was going to say was what's really cool about it is I think it's enabled people to be more 
themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of people at first were very nervous about being on Zoom or being mm -hmm. on some sort of video situation. Right. And what it's done is it's softened that fear because mm -hmm. they, they're used to the environment. And I think that goes a long way to when we're talking about being yourself and being real and just allowing that to show up. Mm -hmm. I think this is a beautiful environment to be able to do that and to know that you're among friends, right? You don't have to constantly be air quote on and, <laughs> you know, right. just be like the, the performing pony uh, right. in front of somebody to impress them or, or get them to buy from you or whatever the, whatever the situation is that you're trying sure. to influence. Yeah. And so that's really gone a long way, but I still find that people are not being themselves. Okay. You know, unless they're being in, you know, like for example, I, I mentioned earlier where I, I run into these websites where they're just very sterile uh -huh. and they're more about, I don't want to say manipulating, but it's like they're trying to game, game I was the just viewership. Say, yeah. Game the, the, they're trying the to game the viewership and they're not connecting. And the thing about why it's so important for me to create more soulful websites and do things that are, you know, more real mm -hmm. is because of the resonance that can be achieved when, when you come to a site and it can look however it looks, but if it communicates something that resonates with you, you're in. It's like, they get me. Right. Oh my God. They're saying exactly what has been in my head. Oh my God, much... I really like this person's commitment. I mean, yeah. look at your site. I mean, you come mm -hmm. right out and you're like, this is what I'm about. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, get off the bus. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think that's, it's so much less work when you do that. And, the, it, and you're right about the, the lack of the true nature or the true authenticity, because I think also there's been just this advent of uh, TikTok and things that, that come up. And so I even almost fell for it a little bit. And actually it was after the gal that was imitating uh, Trump all the time that, that Sarah, her name is Sarah, I'll think of it, but she was doing like an actual audio of the president at the time, but, but it was her like lip singing it and mouthing it. And I was so fascinated <laughs> with how cool that was. And I swear that part of me thought I would like to do that too, but you really have to separate what you're attracted to to what your skill is. And I think yes. that's very tough to do with reels, stories, mm -hmm. uh, TikTok, you know, YouTube, Vine in the in the past as well. And I, I think that's part of it, it too, is realizing, okay, you can't be all these things because it, it really is a lot less work once you go, okay, this is my thing. This yeah. is mine. And, and I can't mm -hmm. talk short. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I can't fit into a reels. I can't fit into a TikTok. It is, I can't fit into a, a Snapchat or whatever. Any of these stories, whatever. You these, are not a soundbite, friends. You I are am not, not a soundbite. I yeah. can't stop talking. <laughs> you have things to say. I'd have to, I'd have to string like eighteen of them together just to get a sentence out. Oh my goodness, no, that it, won't work. For me. Right, it, but I, but I do think once you land on that, and that's the one thing I did in the in the last year was get okay, and it was because I launched my podcast. 
I had such a struggle with being okay with the name of my podcast. And I know I already said a swear word, but the, can it's I tell okay. You? I okay. will mark this as explicit. And yeah. People, I'll probably get more listeners. No, I don't know. That it, that that should be like that. That should be my tagline. It's like you know explicit rating. Uh, I also have a tagline of like, don't put my friends know not to put me on speakerphone. Uh, that's, that's another good one too. Don't answer the phone. My mom literally had to be like, honey, you're in, I'm in the fabric store and you're on speakerphone. <laughs> but, but getting, getting okay with that. And I think it's also because mm. a, a woman in my fifties and any of us who raised in the time frame that we did, mm-hmm. not as bad as our moms, but certainly a whole thing about ladylike, um, what that's considered, that that these certain words will make you less professional yes, or less ladylike or uh, amenable and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in the last year, believe it or not, coming up with the podcast name, which is called Shit We Don't Talk About, which literally came from me going through menopause, which you and I have talked about, yes. and coming back from the doctor and going, was that it? I'm like, well, this is shit we don't talk about. And that was the F and so I had to stay true to those words coming out of my mouth, but then mm. also get okay. And I have even recently. What was, well, let me ask you, what yeah. was what was the hesitation? I mean, why were you? Why did it take you a while to get okay with that? Since it was so raw and real for you. It's weird. Yeah, I would think that I would have gotten over that struggle, but it was it was definitely. Uh, I felt very divided about um, wanting to speak to people that would potentially come on my show as a business. And I have to tell you, it actually did come to fruition somewhat because I had someone that didn't pay attention to my title. I desperately wanted them to come on the show and they really had a problem with it. And I said, then you're not a fit for me. Yeah. And I had to just let it go. I was a little ticked that they can get to it beforehand. Like, why did you answer? Yeah, a little bit when of wasted I said, time my, there. My podcast is literally in this email. Oh, here's a link called Shit We Don't Talk About. And I had to sit and while they worked out, but I was able to actually, it was kind of like my worst fear. See, like that. And then I went, that's okay. That's not for me. And that's not going to be for my audience. If I feel like I'm tiptoeing around somebody because mm-hmm. they have a, pr- a problem with one word, I also had to get away from being judgy and just go, that's you. That's not for me. That took a lot of also my energy level down a little bit to not be like, well, fuck them, you know, for not yeah. being on my show. But <laughs> but it but it was a little bit of a struggle. But gosh, once I really got through that and now have been okay, um, that helps me out with brands that want to work with me. I'm like, don't come at me if you're gonna come at me for mm-hmm. the way that I'm that I'm talking about this thing. Yeah. There's a lot more people that are just so much more um, open and authentic in their conversations. And that leads back to what you were saying about kind of taking those, taking that, that down a notch of having to be super formal and my life only exists for me to be fitting into this box. I think it's added a lot of freedom for people. Yeah. It dampens your light when you do, but you know, it, it has to start not with good us. That way. It, it has does. to start with us because mm-hmm. if we don't trust ourselves and feel strongly enough about our voice mm-hmm. and what we're up to, mm. you know, whether it's our purpose <laughs> or whether we just like passionate about something like I really give a crap yeah. about this. Right. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and everybody has their thing. And usually that thing we're passionate about is something we naturally or have developed skills around because of our interest. 
yeah, of what we we're can, really interested in. Totally. And we can speak to it so easily as well. I've, I've always said that. And, and I'm, a, I'm a horrible employee, which is why I'm an entrepreneur. I can't stand meetings. I don't like to be, I don't like to have my wings clipped. And, and anytime I've had people that are like either have a kind of an attitude or they're, they're critical like that, I have learned and I have have acknowledged that it messes with the way my brain works. Mm. When I have somebody who's kind of an asshole or like combative, mm -hmm. uh, contrarian, yep. I don't do well with them because it literally messes up what my light kind of shines in. I do yeah. so well if I have the freedom and in addition to not having to watch my words or watch my message. And one thing that, that's actually gotten people to come to me uh, is from Clubhouse I got in Clubhouse and I literally wrote in my bio, don't bring me on stage if you don't want to hear swearing. And it's attracted That's some awesome. a, a really great guest that I had recently who had seen me, you know, kind of looked at um, my bio when I was on Clubhouse. So I have to say that's a perfect example of putting your brand out there very specifically. And then don't at me if you don't like it. Just, I don't mm -hmm. even want to, I don't even want to hear from you. Just keep on moving. And, and that would be a great piece of advice too, is just, Look for those things that really uh, attract you. Don't get triggered by the things that don't and um, kind of build your, build your group on that. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. You know, if you'd like to stop doing what you don't want to do anymore and do more soul connecting work that only you can do, it's time to take action. You know, being more you is not just building a personal brand. It's also not showing everything you're doing every minute of every day to whoever will follow you. What today's more human marketplace wants is the real you. They want what only you can deliver in the unique way you deliver it. So don't sell yourself short. Give your audience the connection and the solutions they're longing for. And here's how. When you sign up for my free Pappy Club journal, every Monday I'll show you how to simplify your marketing, boost your personal brand, and bravely be 1000% you so you can attract your ideal clients and get the engagements you love to deliver. Go to tpappy.com and sign up to get inspiring audio, video, and written content I personally curate just for you. Let's simplify your world and show your 1000%. Sign up at tpappy.com and I'll see you next Monday in the Pappy Club Journal. Yeah, I and I love that you used just, just now the word attract because mm -hmm. that is... This is the thing that pisses me off around everyone out there teaching sales, okay? Mm -hmm. And why I have always struggled with sales as a concept, as a, an activity, because for me, it's all about relationship, okay? Mm -hmm. And just having conversations and talking about possibility. And when you have your own business, you have to do certain things, obviously, to get business to stay Right. You know, and so I think there's this push-pull energy around how how much do I need to get out and sell versus how much I attract. And I know a lot of sales techniques are all about, oh, you need to focus on the pain and, you know, you need to acquaint them with all the things that they're missing out on, you know, and, and that, that uh, they need to make a decision. And it's like all these techniques and it just makes me crazy. Because I feel, and this is this is coming from some passion, some history, some triggers, I feel like it's manipulative. I feel like you're, okay. you know, using certain sales techniques, you know, NLP, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you're using all of these techniques to get someone to really 
question their choices, question their strategies, question their situation. Unsteady. You're making them unsteady. You're making them unsure and doubt themselves. And as somebody who's an empath, I think that's a load of crap. And and even the word technique, right? How icky does that sound? Mm -hmm. Very clinical, institutional. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then, and you know, it's uh, no offense to the men who are listening, but it is a very male focused type of teaching. It is. I mean, every sales training that I've ever been in has always been taught by a man and it's always had this kind of focus. So obviously I'm attracting that, right? So there's stuff that I'm thinking in my head, I need to be more like a man. I need to be, you know, like aggressive and I have to negotiate deals and I have to, you know, get in there and war. And it's like all this masculine energy, the, the, the bad masculine energy, because I think masculine energy energy is mandatory, you know, to have the balance balance, for women and men to have Mm -hmm. it. But this, it's just become this ugly thing. So I don't want to make it a, you know, man, woman type conversation, but I, I really just wanted to talk about it. It's a masculine feminine conversation. I I, I love that distinction too, because we we were talking about hormones before we came on here and you and I are perfect examples of what a hormonal balance is when it's getting it, when it, when it's exactly what it is, it's not no less more here or here. Mm -hmm. And I I do think, I, I feel like with a lot of these people, I'll just say people like they've watched Glengarry Glenn Ross way too many times or like the, is that the one like oh like uh, uh, sell 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 and, and then a lot of and, and i'll bust on him he can come at me is is you know the um what's the i just forgot his name now that i'm talking about the really tall guy um he's he did the the netflix special not a guru oh um, tony robbins yeah you know i i, I the think big tony that yes and i think a lot of people um because they're already unsettled like you were talking about with with that FOMO, um, yeah, yeah, talk about the pain, all that kind of thing. That just, it does feel really icky. I know it does work for some people, but mm-hmm. I think it's when it's sold, no pun intended, see what I did yeah. there, yeah. as the only way to sell, then, I mean, that's that's part of my brand, quite frankly, is about that women make 85% or more of most of the overall buying decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, to be clear... We're not saying, because people are like, well, they don't make that much money. I'm like, well, no shit. We it's know not that. a correlative. It's exactly. It yeah. is that we are making the buying decisions, whether it's our money or not, in addition to making buying decisions for our friends or recommending things to our friends mm-hmm. or our family, our dogs. It's not sort of a one-sided thing. Why we are not catered to more, and that's what I'm on this earth for as well, too, as yep. a, one of my... Uh, things that I do as a brand ambassador is to get that attention of like, you need to be talking to women and then women of a certain age. Mm-hmm. But we, we do get, we do get ignored by men and women, by the way. Yeah. This, yes. That's not, no, and it's, that's that right. old sales thought pr- paradigm. And that mm-hmm. was my soapbox. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Get off the red dot now. No, seriously. I mean, that's a perfect example. And whenever I tried to use some of these techniques, it never felt like myself. I always felt like I was either reading a script or trying to go through step one, do this, step two, do that. And it's just like nothing ever worked. And Mia, I have spent a crap ton of money on these stupid sales training things because it's something that I just never really liked. Yeah. I just didn't like it because of all that that is in there around that. Yeah. And I'm trying to run a business, so I have to sell 
But does it have to be like that? You know In addition, mean? you get your energy stolen by feeling what's like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Because you see everybody else kind of going along with it. And I've really had to honor myself in that sense too. And that's where I, I love going back to using my spidey sense and my intuition as a business tool. I think that more, the more people that really do, and I'm going to get woo for, on you for a second. Here we Lay go. Lay it on me, baby. Yeah, the, the more you are grounded, quite frankly, if you have your intuition, the things that haven't gotten shamed or talked out of you, you're going to know the people that you should be doing business with and be like, mm, something's not sitting well for me. And I would love to see that become more of a thing for everyone, not just females, but for males and females and, and however you mm -hmm. present or recognize for yourself because you are really going to not waste other people's time by chasing them or being chased or saying yes when you meant maybe or no. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, if we are clipping into that, mm, there's going to be some good business out there. Oh, heck yeah. A lot yeah. of good business will get done. More, yeah. more good, more better business will get done. And, you know, it's, it's, I love all of that. And it's not, it's definitely not too woo because, you know, that's, that's water cooler conversation anymore mm -hmm. is intuition and God. And, so. you know, it's just something off about that person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at, and so I want to bring it back to the bravery around being yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that using our intuition and trusting our gut and how we feel about what we want to convey, it needs to come from that place as opposed to the, ooh, may, this might be too harsh, or ooh, this might turn off po potential customers or clients. Yeah, ooh, yeah. this might That's not, a muscle. you know, this, this, right? So it like, is. like the little judge on the shoulder comes out mm -hmm. and says, mm, wags their finger at you, right? Okay, so is that my mom or my dad that's doing that? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? The little mom, the little dad yes. comes out on the shoulders and yeah. next thing you know, right? So these are all things that we have to be conscious about when it comes to put presenting ourselves, you know, which is our personal brand, our business, um, how we convey ourselves, conduct and convey ourselves online through our website, all of that, right? In conversations we have in person with people when we're being interviewed on Zoom or YouTube or whatever. So all of these opportunities for us to open our mouths and create something needs to come from who we are because mm -hmm. that, to me is the ultimate differentiator because people don't buy our services, they buy us. Right. And, you know, nobody knows that better than a solopreneur, someone who is out there selling their expertise, whether they're into selling it into a giant corporation or whether they're selling it to another solopreneur. Okay. It doesn't I... matter. It's all about how we show up. And, you know, the, the funny thing, and I've said this on many of my podcasts, and I, I love him for it. My boyfriend, Doug, said to me, he said, Terry, People fall in love with you when they get to meet you and talk to you. And it can, it can be virtual. Mm -hmm. But he's like, you know, until that happens, they just don't get it. They don't really get, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And I then it's like, that. well, you know, the first time we talked, yeah. we were on the phone for over an hour. It was we like, did. oh, my God. It's delightful. And it's really <laughs> true. And good for him for pointing that out to you, too, so you could be reminded of your secret sauce. Because it's kind of yeah. what it is. You know, yeah. there's there's things that are just great, but then you got to add that little ingredient mm -hmm. to it too. And this this theme of, of bravery, this is what I'm loving too. This has come up for me a couple times in the last few days. Of an, Another brave thing is, again, with the intuition, is knowing when, when someone's not right for you and not co-signing 
on their mm. brand because, mm. and that's happened to me a lot where I've had to say no to things because I thought that person is just not aligned with my brand. And then the, with how rapid things go around, you know, cancel, cancel culture and even things that come out on Twitter, Twitter fury and storm, you know, you do, you do see a lot of these things show up. And if you are not paying attention to your gut and then all of a sudden you have gotten aligned with that person because you maybe got a little lazy, you didn't want to say anything like you yeah. Said too, like that's uh -huh. the tough thing. And I was on a, a clubhouse chat this morning, and somebody was talking about the the power of of no. And I love I do that in a lot of my public speaking of you know no period the hard stop period. Especially sometimes we, we want to like make we want to couch it all so that maybe everybody gets it as opposed to just sticking with that no. I'm all about the energy saving too because mm. that saves mm -hmm. energy. Efficiency, yep. If it is efficient, and I was thinking about an, an instance here in Denver where I am, where I was asked to MC an event, and the person who was co-branded with that, I was really not liking where his personal brand and him pers he himself as a person was going, and um, so, but I was friends with his, his girlfriend and she said, you know, he's really not going to be involved, but if you could just MC. And I just knew, um, that I would be attached and aligned to that. And I, I finally, I had initially said maybe, and then I just, I had, I said, girl, I can't, I cannot do this. And then it turns out he kind of took the whole brand over. And so I would have been too deep into that had I not said that. And I knew it ticked some people off and it alienated me from people here, but that's another great test too. If that's going to alienate you, because I had decided that's not what I want to be aligned with. Okay. Yeah, but it could have backfired even worse had you went ahead and did it anyway. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I kind of was like, I'm so glad that I mm -hmm. did that. And, you know, not to say as, as we are all wanted to do with anxiety, that doesn't, that's not a conversation that doesn't come up at two in the morning. Like, uh, was that too much of an asshole? You know, like, I don't do it that much, but you know, there are things there, sure. there's not always You're, going to be I mean, that's hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's how, you know, that's a muscle though. And you're talking about that before of, mm -hmm. you know, getting into the habit of, of, of well, quite frankly, questioning things as well. Is mm -hmm. this aligned with me? Is this my uh, aligned with my authentic, uh, authentic self? So, and I think that you know, emotions have been drilled out of us in the business and context. Right. And I think that the emotion that we feel is the number one indicator of what our gut is telling us. So if we're having a negative emotion, if we're feeling uncomfortable, if mm -hmm. we're having those sensations, normally, you know, we dismiss them, mm -hmm. right? Or you're just nervous, write it off or whatever. Yeah. But now we need to actually, that's like a secret advisor that we have that's right there yes. next to us that's got our back. And when we ignore it, we often pay the price. And that's usually, you know, why, um, you know, it's so important to do that. So how I want to wrap this conversation up, and believe me, I could go on and on and on with you, my dear. <laughs> we could on this. This is a good I know. topic. Juicy. I know. It's so juicy. <laughs> but if there's someone out there who doesn't feel like they're comfortable being 1,000% themselves, yeah. Whatever that is. Maybe they don't even know what that is. Maybe they're just like, um, not really sure what that means to I thought I was being me, you know, I don't yeah. understand. I'm a professional yeah. or whatever their questioning is, whatever their story is in their head. What encouragement or guidance would you offer them to 
relax into who they are, trust their intuition more, mm -hmm. and bravely be their truest self in their business. Sure. Because I, one phrase I have is listen to the whisper or get hit with a brick. I can't remember who, who told me that, but it just is so good. It's like you just keep whispering until finally something's going to have to get your attention. One of the things that I love is to have what I call my board of advisors in my life. So, you know, I, I have board of influencers, people, and this is my own personal board, you know, people that I love their influence. I trust everything that they say. I will share their stuff out as long as the day is. And I love having that. And then the board of advisors are people that you can have that conversation, not, not to say sometimes starting out, you may not have it. And that could be family. Um, but just find one or two people that you can have that honest, honest conversation with mm -hmm. so that when you do put something out on social media, I've had to do that. I'm like, mm, what do you think about this? And so it's not, it's not circumventing your own intuition, but it's certainly doing like what they call like the A-B testing of like, mm, is this going to go over better? And a lot of a lot of quiet time and observation, which is boring and so hard to do in this world when you open your phone and it's just this cacophony of input. But um, I, I also think taking a look at things that trigger you as mm. well. Like, why is that triggering it? Is it because I, I have something unresolved or is it because it's a problem I want to solve? I think looking at triggers is not fun. Um, it's emotional intelligence, EQ, but I think that's a, also a way to kind of figure out like, if, is, is it getting, am I getting triggered because I need to fix that or I need to come up with something? Mm -hmm. And then that's sitting in your authenticity too. And then also being okay with not having everybody agree with you. And what reason is that for? That's a lot, but that's what no, I No, that's good. And, and, I really like the the trigger topic because triggers will always happen, period. Yeah. They will always happen because it's just being a human being. Mm -hmm. We're conditioned. We have stories. We have beliefs. Stuff's going to happen because of what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come into our experience and it's going to trigger us. And it's triggering us for a reason. And if we're knowledgeable, we should do an episode on triggers. If mm -hmm. we're knowledgeable about being triggered, what that is, and how to address it, like how to turn that into something that you're connecting with something that's not quite right. And I'll, I'll give an example because people are like, what the hell is she talking about? Triggers. Mm -hmm. So this morning, this happened today. So I, now I know why it happened. So I was triggered this morning. Mm -hmm. So I read, it was in a f private Facebook group of a, believe it or not, a sales training program I'm in <laughs> that I've paid a lot of money for, and I'm not getting results because mm. of my whole issue that I already addressed earlier <laughs> about right. how I feel about sales. Like, why mm. did you do that, Terry? Anyway, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. And this one person who's in the group, lovely woman, very talented, had um, hired another woman in the group to redesign her website. And since that is something I do, and this person knew that I did that, I immediately got triggered. I'm like, why didn't she pick me? Why didn't she reach out to me and at least talk to me about it? She knows I do this. And and then I'm thinking, oh, I missed out on, I mean, it just, I went down that tunnel with no cheese, Mia, Mia you can't, I'm telling you, I'm like, this woman charges so much for her websites and blah, blah, blah. And I missed out on that opportunity. And I love this woman. I would have loved to work with her. I mean, it was like on 
like yes. junior rodeo on, right? <laughs> so, and I, and dude, I'm telling you so much. It triggered like my yeah. um, uh, survivability. It triggered yes. my um, income pipeline, you know, the revenue I'm, I'm where I'm at in my business right now. Mm-hmm. It triggered all this stuff. And what's funny, talking about manifesting, right? So I get in my car after reading that, and I'm like, and I drive over to Starbucks and go through the drive-thru because it's like my morning routine. It's my one treat for the day. I go get my Starbucks in the morning. Mm -hmm. And there's a new kid at the window, and he hands me my drink, and he, you know, I hold up my phone, and he he charges it, and I said, I want to use some rewards. And so he goes, okay, and so he, he charges it. And then he says, oh, I don't think I did your reward. So he grabbed it and he said, I need to redo it. And he scanned it again. I ended up getting charged twice for the same order. He just made a mistake, an honest mistake, right? He's a new kid. He's still (laughs) being trained, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. And so I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So here I am, have this experience about, um, you know, lack and opportunity, money, all those triggers getting triggered, and I go and have a manifestation at the Starbucks drive-through where the kid, and I'm like, okay, I'm triggered, and so what is this showing me? You know, it's showing me my thought process is too focused on lack, mm-hmm. uh, missed opportunities, Scarcity. and so I'm getting this evidence is like, bah, 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 yes. in my yep. face. Yeah, recalibrate, recalibrate, right? Yeah, and that's the value of triggers. Mm. And so when you're, and that's why I love that you touched on that. When you're looking at bravely being 1000% you, being provocative, being controversial, being polarizing, Mm -hmm. right? All of those things have value, but if you're doing it, this is just my opinion, mm. and this is my podcast, so I'm going to share That's my right. opinion. That's right. Bring it. If you're broadcasting it as a result of a trigger, a knee-jerk reaction to something that you got triggered by, mm-hmm. that's a mistake. Yes. Because that's not authentically you. That's the so trigger true. doing the communicating. And so, so I think true. this is a really valuable distinction that I'm so glad we hit on here at the end of this show because you need to have the discernment to be able to identify where the real you is mm-hmm. and where the conditioned you is. Absolutely. Can I tell one quick story? Because you're reminding me. Oh, you me of better. One of my one of my friends who was a guest on my show. He wrote a book called "How to Be a Dick," which is hilarious, and it's it's so <laughs> not what you think it is. It's it, it's delightful. I I cried and laughed through this whole book. It's about his neighbor named Dick, capital D, and he wrote this whole book about this this amazing man and um, the the way that he operates in the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he wrote about my friend Mark is that he ended up going viral with something he had shared online and it had some snark to it. Mm-hmm. And um, he really had to choose um, because his website was getting all these hits and everything. This was about 10 years ago, but it still was even viral for the time. He said, I had to choose whether that was going to be what my brand was about. He said, I could he said, I knew one, it wasn't sustainable, but it was such an interesting piece to that of him, him not kind of taking the bait and going for the controversial, stirring things up, um, and just to have that be as brandy. So it was a little bit of a tough choice yeah, to do that, yeah, but totally. it's really in line with that too. Like, is that, is that what you're going to be? Is that going to be sustainable? Can you keep that up? Is that authentically you? 
Yeah, exactly. Mm, and here's one. another layer to the distinction that mm. that I just kind of arrived at because I was thinking about an article I wrote a couple of of my newsletters ago, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was, and it was the result of a trigger. But here's the thing: the way I just explained what happened to me this morning with my trigger, and you know the the fact that I stepped back and said, "Okay, I've been triggered. I need mm -hmm. to address this," and and I I worked through it right. So it was a growth opportunity for me. And I could see how my energy was changing because of the way the day changed, yeah. the way things started wow. showing up. Whereas in the morning, it was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> when will I'm going back to bed? <laughs> Disastrous. You're right. Forget but um, I think that, and this is, I really feel strongly about this, the way I shared my, that experience of the trigger of how, what happened, what I made it mean, mm -hmm. how I dealt with it. Mm. I think that that is authentically Terry. Like I, I yeah. don't have a problem right now sharing that crappy thing I, I reacted yeah. and, and what I thought about those people in that stupid Facebook group. <laughs> That's a, that, and I really dig that. Now that more truthful, honest, like this is what happened to me. And this, I think is a, a thing that trips up women, especially is, is, um, there's that kind of silence of like, oh, you know, don't say anything that's that's not nice. That really shames us into not talking about our experiences. So I appreciate it. Keep keep that up. You're leading by example. Well, thank you. But seriously, mm. I mean, I, I did. I wrote point. this article about, you know, a neighbor who did something that triggered me. Mm -hmm. And then I, I turned it into like a learning moment. Yeah. And how I why I felt that way. Yeah. You know. And, and I looked, I turned it to me because mm -hmm. triggers are, in my mind, the universe showing us where we're off. That's right. You know, where we're yeah. just not flowing the way we need to flow. We're not thinking the things that, that are about, right. you know, our value and, and how awesome we are. You know, there's the judge in there. There's all the mom and dad in there mm -hmm. and yep. all the stuff that we're got stories about. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's really valuable. So I guess my takeaway from this conversation, because I'm getting a lot out of this. I mean, you're making me, me think too. of things in my own life, which is awesome. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Thank you. But I really think when you're looking at bravely making your business 1000% you, it's like the more you can infuse your, the way you're growing, mm -hmm. the way you're working on yourself, the way you're reflecting and have that empathy. It's like, I'm sharing my story because I know somebody else has to be struggling with this. Yeah. And if I walk through it, won't that help? You know, won't that offer them insight? Won't that at least give them comfort that they're not the only ones out there struggling with it? Yeah. And, and I think that that is so valuable. And that's why story is so important. But don't make shit up. Tell it like it is. Yeah. You know, it's like the name of your stuff, right? Shit, Shit we don't on. talk about. That's right. And I love the idea of normalizing imperfection mm. because shame is something that's that, that can really freeze people. And so when you actually tell a story, it's got a parable to it. It's got a, a point to it of like, oh, man, I was, I was struggling with this. And yeah. sitting in because perfection is part of the patriarchy. And that's not how I want to do business anymore. Mm -hmm. Never did, but yeah. I definitely don't now. So that's fabulous. Well, I yeah. love this conversation, and I love you. You're the, you're so sweet, and and I love connecting with you on this level. And and uh, I have to have you back again because I know my audience is going to want more. So thank Mia, you. thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me here. 
Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.